Welcome to episode 99 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and it's a pleasure to be spending this time with you. Whether this is your first or your 99th episode, I hope you will hear something that will make you smile, spark an insight, improve your business, and maybe even change your life. Before we jump into my conversation with this episode's guest, I have three quick items to share. First, It's time to be thinking ahead about how you're going to set yourself up for success in 2016. Maybe you've already been thinking about it for a while, but I know in many cases, at least for me, (laughs) the current year comes to a close in a flurry of activity, and we're barely aware of how quickly the time goes. We go to bed one night and it's 2015, we wake up the next morning and it's another year. So planning and goal setting are really important, but I invite you to simplify things a bit and do at least one thing before all of the others, and that's to set a clear intention. An intention is going to tell you, what do you want to feel and experience in 2016? For instance, in my case, it's ease. My 2016 mantra comes from Marianne Rodmacher, who has been a guest on this podcast in the past, and she wrote and asks us to consider What if we just acted like everything was easy? I'm going to share that again because it's so simple but very powerful. What if we just acted like everything was easy? I'm aiming to feel ease in my work, in my networking, in my coaching, and in my downtime. What about you? What do you want to feel and experience in the coming year? Set that intention first and use that as a foundation as you do more specific planning for the new year. Second, I'm happy to share that this podcast has been included in a year-end list of the top 100 podcasts that make you smarter, better, and wiser, according to Lolly Daskal, writing for Inc.com. There are lots of fantastic podcasts included, so if part of your commitment in 2016 is to keep learning, then the list is a perfect catalyst for discovering new voices and information. You'll find a link to the article in this episode's show notes at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. And third, while you're on the site, take a look at the coaching and strategy session options that are available to you. My book subtitle says it best, coaching is a way to amplify your strengths and create success on your own terms. I've added 10 information session appointments to my January calendar, and you can find that scheduling link under Work With Beth on my website, as well as in the podcast show notes. It's easy to schedule time to chat with me. It's only about 30 minutes, and there is absolutely no obligation. I would really welcome a chance to connect with you and learn a little bit about your business and what kind of support you would like to have. And now on to the main attraction. We're joined by David J.P. Fisher, also known as D. Fish, and he is a speaker, coach, and best-selling author of Networking in the 21st Century, Why Your Network Sucks and What to Do About It. Building on 20 years of experience as an entrepreneur and sales professional, he combines nuanced strategy and real-world tactics to help professionals become more effective, efficient, and happy. As the president of Rockstar Consulting, he works with individuals and organizations to develop more effective networking, sales, and entrepreneurial skills. He lives in Evanston, Illinois, next to a huge cemetery, which helps him appreciate the value of every day. 
Hi, David. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I am excited that you are going to make us all into rock star networkers during the next 30 minutes. That's my goal. Yay. Let the magic happen. Yes. So what's making you smile today? Oh, so many things. But one of the the biggest things is uh, I just got a box of one of my new books that just came out. And it's so gratifying to actually have the physical book that uh, Mm -hmm. after just hours and hours of sitting there looking at a computer screen. So yes, that's making me smile. Awesome. Nothing like holding it in your hands and turning the pages. (laughs) Great. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm sure I shared this in the introduction, but what is the title of the book? Well, well, so this one that just came out is actually Networking in the 21st Century Mm. on LinkedIn, which is a companion to the one that came out earlier this year, which is just Networking in the 21st Century, Why Your Network Sucks and What to Do About It. Great. Fabulous. Well, congratulations. And thank you. We'll make sure we include a link to that in the show notes. Awesome. So where do you fall on the introvert-extrovert spectrum? And how has that awareness influenced you as an entrepreneur? You know, one of the biggest pieces of information I ever got about myself from somebody else is when uh, just a few years ago, they looked at me and said, you realize you're an introvert with really good social skills, right? Mm. And mm-hmm. I, I never thought about that. I always consider myself an extrovert. You know, I love people. I, I've been mm-hmm. a performer my entire life. But uh, I didn't really realize it at the time, but I also got very drained um, being around people and I took a lot of energy on. And so being by myself was always really gratifying. It was how I recharged and kind of took care of myself. So that made a lot of sense. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of in the middle, I guess, or uh, Mm -hmm. I take cues from both ends of the spectrum, uh, which has been pretty useful in my career. It's it's really helped being able to go kind of in and out. Yeah. Isn't that awesome when somebody reflects something back to us that changes our perspective? You know, we might not have ever seen ourselves, but there you go. (laughs) Absolutely. And it got me okay with, uh, you know, thinking of those introverted parts of myself as being okay. Yes. It was good. It was very good. That's a gift. So thank you for sharing that. And I want to shift to, there were a couple of things that, you know, stood out to me as I was looking at your posts and your articles. And there were two things that I was drawn to that I want to focus on. The first was about the 30 minutes between you and your dreams. I believe this was a LinkedIn post and maybe it's appeared other places. But there was one particular sentence that stood out to me. And maybe it's because I um, saw myself in it. (laughs) Right. It said, um, so when I was thinking about writing the book earlier this year, I wanted to take myself out of the running even before I started. Yep. And, you know, we can do that so often. And I often refer to it as a preemptive no. You know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're putting the word no in someone else's mouth. Um, yep. And we assume something won't work before we even try or that it's going to be exhausting. Like that's going to be too tiring. So I'm not going to do it. Um, what did you learn in the process of writing your book that we can use to counter that tendency? You know, one of the the best things that I learned in writing the book was just the idea, uh, and this is where I got the the title of 30 Minutes Between You and Your Dream, Mm -hmm. is our brains can talk us out of anything. I mean, I I don't know about your brain, but my brain is really, really persuasive. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing I learned was to turn it off Mm -hmm. and uh, just to, for lack of a better way of saying it, ignore it. And the commitment I made to myself when I sat down to write my first book was I was like, every day, 30 minutes, it's okay if it's garbage, just doesn't matter, just get it out. And in the beginning, I wasn't that impressed with myself. I was like, ooh, maybe my brain is right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But what happened is you just keep doing it, you keep doing it, and all of a sudden, I had 
become invested in the project. And I was like, wait, I've been doing this for, for months now. This is going to be a good book. And it really helped me shift that thinking. So every time my brain would come in and still say, I don't think it's going to be good. The other part of my brain, it's, it's always good when you're talking to yourself. Uh, <laughs> the trick is just to keep it internal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just like, no, no, it's going to be fine. And then I, I was able to actually just piece by piece kind of build up my confidence to even when I released it, I was like, Hey, if nobody reads it, that's fine. I've created it. That's awesome. Something most people don't even get around to doing. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Uh, they talk about it. it, but it doesn't happen. And it's like, I love what you're saying here because I'm about to have a book out myself and, nice. I to, and I have to remind myself that it's a success even before it, you know, hits the shelves because it happened. Yep. You know, because it was written and because – and I love what you're saying about you know committing that 30 minutes. It's, it's not just about consistency, but it's also creating that attitude of investment, which can't be underestimated. Absolutely. I, I actually stole the idea from an article I read about Jerry Seinfeld, who oh. uh, apparently has a calendar up on his wall, and every day he's got to write jokes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if they're good or bad, but he's got to write them. And so I actually last year – had a, a calendar and I've got one. I'm looking at it right now where I, I put an X every day that I write. And you're right. It's just that, you know what? I've invested. I have value. I have worth. And you know what? If the rest of the world doesn't see it, that's their problem, not mine. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's owning your own stuff. And, exactly. and, it's, and it's interesting you said Jerry about Jerry Seinfeld, who's also happens to be an introvert from, from what I understand. Um, someone was talking about how after his show ended, he went back to doing stand-up and he went back to tiny little clubs and apparently he consistently bombed. <laughs> Yep. You know, and again, you know, it's like, but the more, just like the 30 minutes, you know, he spent the 30 minutes writing the jokes and, you know, or time every day and then getting up on that stage and kept, you know, failing, but eventually probably became so invested in it. You know, you have no choice. You have to keep going and you, um, you make it happen. And before you know it, you're, you're quote unquote, an overnight success. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) After all of that, you know, blood, sweat and tears. Um, but I, I love what you're saying about the investment piece. Yeah. A lot of us feel we have to earn it. So when I work with, with clients, for example, I'll say, hey, if you feel you have to earn it, then go earn it. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And yeah. put the time in and the, the energy to, to any project. You know, that's why I think we just in, in any part of our careers, for example, there's people who I've been here for five years, 10 years, 20 years. You know, I've earned the right to say this or the, I've earned the right to this promotion, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, we can do that in our personal lives and just say whether it's a writing project or something creative or whatever you're trying to do to say, hey, I'm going to put the time in because then I have earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to um, talk about that book that you learned this lesson with, and, sure. and, and you've already mentioned it, but um, the book was about networking, called Networking in the 21st Century, Why Your Network Sucks and What to Do About It. And wouldn't you know it, and you would as an introvert, <laughs> networking is one of those parts <laughs> of being an entrepreneur and a professional that introverts just love, right? Oh, don't they? <laughs> oh, we just embrace it wholeheartedly. Um, but actually, you know, it might not be our favorite activity, but a lot of people do learn to do it well. And, you know, they might be like social introverts like you are, and they learn to appreciate the opportunities it brings. Um, another post that you wrote that I'm guessing is, you know, directly connected to that book is three low stress ways to get pumped up for your next networking event. And that tackles yep. what can be the hardest part, which is getting our butts out the door. Right. Uh, so, you know, I think you talk about like, oh, the call of the couch, you know. Um, so would you share what those three ways are? 
No, I won't. No, you won't. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I can't, I'm kidding. Would you please, please? Sure, please? sure. Why okay. not? <laughs> well, and it's it's so funny because that article was actually written uh, very very quickly while I was in downtown Chicago. I was sitting down. I was having. Uh, I, I got there to a, a networking event, you know, early because I was trying to be traffic, and I was mm-hmm. sitting in this this bar having a drink doing a little work, realizing I had no desire whatsoever to go to this event, Mm -hmm. like not, and it was going to be an awesome event, but I just didn't have the energy. And and I realized like, that's what everybody goes through. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's very easy for us to especially project on other people. I know we do this uh, as introverts, where we project on other people, all of these skills and abilities and attributes that we just don't have. And we go, well, I don't have it. So therefore, and it becomes a cop out, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just not area. So I'm, I don't have to go to the network events because it's going to be horrible anyways. So I, I, I was thinking like, how do I, as a, you know, a networker, as a professional, somebody who's trying to build his own business, not just talk about networking, what do I do? And mm-hmm. so I, I, I was thinking through it and I did a couple things and they we're talking about in the article, you know, the three things I always do is I remind myself of my long-term goals, right? I don't see networking as transactional. I mm-hmm. see it as relational. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something where I think introverts especially are actually really good at networking when they get themselves out of the way because most introverts I've at least again with broad brush strokes here of course generalizations there they don't like the big groups the big crowds but they love those one-on-one interactions Mm -hmm. and for me I was like hey the reason I'm going is I'm going to build relationships and this is part of the long-term plan I have for my career what I'm trying to do in business and you know I can also then project backwards and go Hey, I've gotten a lot from networking in the past. I've gotten amazing friends and and a lot of fun in mm-hmm. my life. Okay, I can create that. So I I didn't look at it as just this little finite thing I had to put myself through for uh, two hours, but rather as kind of part of this package. Uh, I guess you say this holistic view of of what I was trying to do. The second thing I did was, and this is huge, is I I just create really low expectations for myself. <laughs> yeah, you know. I think that a lot of people, and this this doesn't matter whatever personality you have, unless you go to networking events, you know, big groups, two or three times a week, it's usually relatively sparse. You go once a month, maybe twice mm-hmm. a month, just every once in a while, and it's really easy to build that up in your mind and go, well, holy cow, I'm looking for a job or I'm trying to get new clients or whatever you're networking for. This is the only event I'm going to this month. I better knock it out of the park and I, uh... I better be a rock star. Yeah. And I have yet to see somebody who truly is successful under pressure. Even the people we think are successful under pressure, they have all these different mental processes they use to channel that pressure into to success. Most of us go, oh my gosh, I've got all this pressure. Screw that. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not fun. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not enjoyable. And so one of the things that I, I found very successful for me is my goal is to show up. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. And as you said, it's, sometimes it can be hard to, to get us in the door. It, it's like going to the gym. If you thought, I have to go to the gym and have the best workout I've ever had in my life ever, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're going to stay on the couch. Yeah. But if you go, hey, all I got to do is go to the gym and you know what? I'm going to get on the elliptical for 10 minutes. And so that's what I do. I go say, hey, let's let's go. And uh, I'll often set a, a goal of meeting new people because I think that can be valuable. It's not, again, about the transactions, but it gets me out of my shell. And I go, hey, you know what? I got to meet three people. There's going to be 60 people there. I got to meet three. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Yeah. Just to say hello. And, and then actually the third part, and, and this again is I really think what keeps most of us on our couch, right, <laughs> instead of going to an event is 
I don't think that I have to be interesting or amazing when I show up. Yes. Uh, most people who I talk to about networking, one of the biggest things they dislike is having to meet new people. Not because they don't like meeting new people, but because meeting new people is scary. It's hard, right? We don't just go to social events like a party where we don't know anybody. We don't do that willingly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We, if, if we do, we sit there in the corner, right? By the right. bar, whatever. Right. And, <laughs> so I think the reason we don't like it is because we feel the pressure is on us to be interesting, to be engaging, to be, I said, amazing and all going to be the life of the party. My goal is always to show up. I, I like to you know, say hello, start the conversation. And then one of the things I've really tried to do in my career is just kind of to become a question asker. Yes. I think a lot of us think we have to talk about what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish, and what we're looking for. And that's hard. But I, I take a cue from Dale Carnegie who said you can make more friends in two mm-hmm. months being interested in other people than you can in two years trying to get other people interested in you. Yes. And so I just show up and ask a lot of questions and you, you, you find cool people, you hear interesting stories and then lo and behold, all of a sudden you're having a conversation and then they start asking you questions and mm-hmm. you find you, they're finding out about you and that's kind of that normal conversational give and take. But again, I think it's a lot easier when I don't have to be the interesting person first. I'm going to let them be interesting mm-hmm. and I'm going to do that by just asking a bunch of questions of them. Yeah, like make it your um, mission to find out what's interesting about somebody else. And then that will make you interesting to them because everybody, you know, generally likes to talk about themselves if they're feeling like they're really being listened to. That's what um, we all want, right? Somebody yeah, to us. So absolutely. absolutely. Maybe you can be that person for five minutes and exactly. people totally key in on that. Yeah, yeah. We all want to be seen and heard. And if yep. we can give somebody that gift, then um, we've, we've done a good job. And um, and one of the things you said I that I can um, identify with is that, you know, like going to the gym and saying, okay, I'm going to get on the elliptical for 10 minutes. And what usually happens is 10 minutes goes by and you're like, oh, that was pretty quick. That wasn't too bad. And so you stay on for another 10 minutes. And and I think the same thing can happen at a networking event. I know I've, I've gone in and said, okay, I'm going to give it 30 minutes. At the end of the 30 minutes, if I feel like leaving, I'll leave. And yep. in one case, I was like the last person to leave. <laughs> And so, you know, to give yourself that, I think a lot of it is giving yourself permission and then just being open to seeing what happens. Exactly. Right. I said taking those expectations off of what that event's supposed to be. And and heck, maybe you show up and you're like, okay, 30 minutes, I'm done. I'm out. Exactly. (laughs) And that's fine. And that is totally fine. Exactly. And, And I love that you said, like, the important thing is showing up. Like, I'm here. And, you know, you give it your best while you're there. But giving yourself credit for just showing up is valuable. Well, that's that's the the Woody Allen quote, right? Yes. You know, the, the majority of life is just showing up, yep, or something exactly. like that. Paraphrase. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like eighty percent of success is showing up. Um, I think they actually figured it's seventy six point three percent, but he was wrong. Okay, up, picky, so picky. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, what is the simplest and least stressful change or practice that an introvert entrepreneur could embrace that would make the biggest difference? So the simplest change that would make the biggest difference in his or her networking? Yeah. So I think the simplest change is actually an internal change. And the reason it's simple, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily easy, but it's very simple. It's just redefining what networking is Yes. because most of us, and it's something I talk about a lot in the book, is we have this conception of networking that really leaves a bad taste in our mouth. You know, it's the idea of these big events where everybody's just passing business cards around and it's loud and obnoxious and you know just feels icky. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing 
that anybody can do, definitely introverts, is just to redefine it as relationship building. We, we mm-hmm. actually are all in networks already. So it's just being conscious and intentional and saying, hey, my goal is to reach out, build relationships, find ways to be of service to other people, and then also give them opportunities to be of service to me. You know, that reciprocity is valuable and it goes both ways. But I think when you do that, all of a sudden it changes from, oh, I've got to go to these events and meet a thousand people to, (laughs) wait, I've already got these people that I can meet or I can be introduced to or I met this one person at this event. All I have to do is maybe follow up and say, you want to grab a cup of coffee? Yeah. And, And, you know, have a 30 minute conversation and that's it. That, I think, takes a lot of the stress away from the idea of networking because then you can put all the different tactics on it and here's how to do an elevator speech or here's how to ask the right questions or et cetera, et cetera. But really when you've changed your mindset, it just frees up a lot of energy. Yeah. What have you found to be the type of events that have been most conducive to making connections? Like I, like I often joke that you know, introverts and happy hour networking events are not always the best combination. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> just because right. it's, it can be a little loud, unstructured, a little chaotic, you know, a little more focused on the, you know, uh, the drinks or the happy, right. you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, any any observations or thoughts about, you know, finding the kind of networking that works for you? Yeah, th- there's two things I think are important. One is that you actually connect your intentional networking time to your business goals. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things that I see people make a mistake in and really spend a lot of time and energy unnecessarily doing is networking in places where they're not going to connect with the right people. Yeah. It's it's funny because I'll talk to you like, oh, I tried networking. I was going to all these events. And and you do a little digging and realize they're going to events where there was nobody that was going to be, whether it was a prospective employer or prospective client, like they just weren't going to connect. Like I tell people, if you're going to sell yachts, you go network at the country club. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, th- I think that's the first thing you have to do. And the second thing you have to do is find a place where you're comfortable. Yeah. And the reason why I say those two things versus going, well, you definitely have to check out the Chamber of Commerce or mm-hmm. BNI or one of this. It depends. Right. There isn't a one size fits all way of networking. I actually think, by the way, I, I'm writing an article on this. You could network really effectively without ever going to an event. Mm hmm. Right. If you mm-hmm. wanted to just yep. be like, hey, I'm going to be the master one on one networker. And then every time you had a, a conversation, you say, hey, could you refer me to somebody else that I should just talk to? Yeah. Um, I, I think networking events, and, and this has more of a negative connotation than it should, but they're like singles bars. <laughs> and, you know, a singles bars, we go, oh, they're horrible. Not if you're a single person and want to meet somebody else who's single <laughs> and wants a relationship. Right. But you got you still have to find the one that you like. I mean, if you don't like sports, it doesn't make sense to go to a you know a, a singles bar that's a sports bar. You know, maybe you mm-hmm. go to one that's got a bunch of board games, uh, and you know, it caters. There's in Chicago here now they have Geek Bar, right? Well, that's going to cater oh, to fun. a specific <laughs> kind of person. It's awesome. Um, but that's so for, for like for me personally, I I got my start doing a lot of Chamber of Commerce events here in the North Shore of Chicago. Because my clientele was small business owners. And mm-hmm. guess who shows up at those events? Small business owners. Yeah. Um, you know, as I've continued to build my practice, I do a lot more speaking on a national basis. And so I'm going to, you know, conferences more that are national in scope where I, I'm doing a lot more networking, for example, in the event planning space mm-hmm. and association space because those are, those are the people I'm trying to interact with. Yeah. So I think you got to, again, connect it with A, who you're comfortable with and B, where those people are going to be. Yeah. I remember realizing at some point in the early stages of my business that I was mostly networking with my peers as mm-hmm. opposed to my prospects. 
Yep. Because it's easier, right? Because it's, it's more, so much it's a, easier. It's so much more comfortable. It's yeah. To, to extend the uh, the metaphor that I was using, it's like going to one of those singles bars and uh, just hanging out with all your friends the whole night. Yeah, yeah. Or it's I do a lot of uh, social dancing, like salsa and swing dancing. It's a lot of fun, and it's still funny when you go to the places where you're like, okay, all the girls are over here, all mm-hmm. the boys are over here. I'm like, are we in like middle school dance again? Like, <laughs> yeah, in the 1960s. Mix it up a little bit, right? But it's it, it's. We do that because it's comfortable and human beings, I mean, we're wired for comfort. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a great awareness that you had and that's when you have to go, okay, I'm going to go and, and kind of jumpstart this by getting myself out of my comfort zone, even if it's just to go to where my prospects might be instead yeah. of a bunch of people who do the same thing I do. Yeah. And, and one thing that I offer up that I, when I realized that I was able to shift a little bit and still network with my peers, but of course, balance it with more prospect networking, but also to, to recognize that one of the things that drew me to the peers was that it was more comfortable. And so that was a great place to practice yep. a lot of the things that were uncomfortable, like initiating a conversation or introducing myself to someone or introducing somebody else to somebody else. You know, um, It's like a lower risk environment to practice those things so that when I get to the prospect, networking it's a little bit easier absolutely and i love the idea of taking one of those peers and going hey you know what let's go to event x y or z because Mm -hmm. i think that you know there's gonna be some some great prospects for both of us i'm a little nervous to go to it i hate walking in the room all by myself you want to go and then it's like how like having a workout partner, right? Yep. So you can't back out. You can't be sitting on your couch going, well, I don't really need to go to that because someone, so-and-so is expecting you to pick them up. And you say, okay, we well, both got to meet three people. Let's hold ourselves to that. Fantastic. Yeah. And, then, and like we were talking, once you get in there, then it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You learn that people don't bite. Usually. <laughs> so. Usually. And hopefully they've had their shots if they do. I hope so. Exactly. We should ask for paperwork at the door. Um, <laughs> so I thank you so much. Um, the, as I've said before, when I've chatted with someone about networking, I say, this gets me really riled up and makes me want to go to a networking event almost. <laughs> <laughs> And I have that same feeling, but uh, but it I'll truly take, does. I'll take it as a, okay. it as a win. That's, That's a win. Awesome. Well, I want to wrap up with a question that I ask all of my guests, and it's about Introvert Island. You have been granted a three-week vacation on Introvert Island, and you can only take three books with you. What would you take with you and why? Only three books. I've got only three books. books. Full of them. Okay, that, uh, books I'm, are waiting to be read. Uh, I would pick Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance mm-hmm. uh, because I've read it three times. I still don't understand it. <laughs> But the idea of having you know all that time just sit there and try to wrestle with some of the ideas in there, uh, great philosophy, totally. Uh, the second, and this is kind of cheating, but it's a big book. I, I do have it physically here. Is all of the uh, Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books, mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. uh, a little levity uh, is uh, always a good thing, and it puts me in a, 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 the right frame of mind for having a good day. And uh, the the third, and, and again, might be a little bit of a cop out, but a blank journal. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that's a book and I would need a pen or something to write with. But uh, of I love the I've been an active journaler for years and I think it's a really valuable process. And I can only imagine what would come to my mind as I'm sitting on this. I'm going to assume it's a beautiful tropical island. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, let my mind wander, see what I could come up with. So I'd probably want to jot some things down. So those are my three books. Awesome. And we'll make sure that you get to go in like December or so when Chicago <laughs> weather is at its worst. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Great. Well, what's the best way for people to learn um, to connect with you and learn more about you and your books and your services? Absolutely. All the usual culprits. Uh, I do have a website, of course. It's imdfish.com. I A M D F I S H dot com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at dfishrockstar. And of course, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn at uh, linkedin.com slash in slash imdfish. And if you go to uh, my LinkedIn page, you'll find out why they call me dfish. Excellent. Well, I was wondering about the rock star, too. <laughs> uh, I, I, I play in a band for 10 years and uh, loved being on stage, but realized that if I wanted to be a rock star, I, I didn't think it was going to come through the music. So I had to uh, choose an alternate route to stardom. Excellent. Well, congratulations again on the launch of your new book. Thank you. Um, on the specializing in the LinkedIn, which is an awesome online networking space. And thank you for taking out time to chat with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. What did you find most helpful about what David shared? Personally, I love the very simple reminder that networking is relational, not transactional. It's something we tend to know and understand on an intellectual level, but that understanding can get lost in the emotion that we feel around the actual networking activity and how it can drain us. If we can look at everything, not just networking, as an opportunity to relate and not simply have a transaction, if we make it about the humanity of the situation rather than about numbers or facts, then we might be able to change our story about what it means to sell, network, or promote ourselves. We might have a little bit more energy for it. It's definitely worth experimenting with, and I encourage you to pick up a copy of David's book, which is available on Amazon.com, and there's a link to it in the episode show notes. Before I sign off, I have one last opportunity to remind you. If you're looking for a great holiday or year-end gift for yourself or for the introvert in your life, I invite you to consider my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths and Create Success on Your Own Terms. I'm appreciative to Kathy Kay, who left the most recent Amazon.com review and wrote that the book is very insightful and one I will come back to again and again. She also shared that for her, it helped her to answer the question, how do you best show up to what matters most in your life? You'll find the book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and wherever fine books are sold. Many thanks to my podcast producer, Paul Messing, and my assistant, Naja, for preparing the podcast show notes. I'm also really grateful and so appreciative that you've shared this time with me, and not just for this episode, but for all of the 98 episodes that have preceded this. If you haven't been a regular listener, I hope you will join us more in the future. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur, and until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. 